Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is George. My name is Sophie. And in today's episode, we are joined by Rabia and Samar from Soap and Skin, a skincare and wellness brand empowering women to change the way they see beauty. With their focus on natural ingredients, Soap and Skin is dedicated to their craft of making their products, which are handmade in micro batches from their studio in London. Taking inspiration from multicultural society and the Silk Road of the East, the brand focuses on complete well-being, not only with their skincare products, but with their own podcast, The Conscious Beauty Podcast. So, Rabia and Smar, how are you? Very well, thank you. <laughs> Good, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much for having us. We're very excited to have you. So, could you tell us a bit more about Soap and Skin and what it means to you? It sort of happened inadvertently, that just happened quite organically. Yes. But the brand focuses on formulating in micro batches like you've already said Sophie natural beauty products which have a bit of a twist they've taken inspiration from our dual heritage so we are obviously British but we have a lovely eclectic heritage which we sort of charted along the eastern silk roads so we've drawn beauty inspiration and rituals from those regions and sort of given them a bit of a British twist and just sort of brought them to the UK really. No I think that's perfectly said Um, and I think when we um, started the the company it actually stemmed from our own interest in natural products which actually when we started all this years ago we didn't see a multitude of of brands like we do now. I think they, they were pretty much just starting up but because of our heritage and I think because we've been so lucky to see lots of different sort of natural recipes as we've grown up we really wanted to tap into that and you kind of mentioned there some of the things that led to you starting soap and skin but i was wondering what you'd say your main inspirations were when you came up with the idea for soap and skin it was in particular the eclectic and rich nature of our heritage that we really wanted to bring um, into sort of mainstream society over here Uh, in particular, but then also delving further afield. I think Instagram in particular has taken us so much further afield, not just for personal development, but, you know, interests, hobbies and all the rest of it. And and of course, with that comes a multitude of of knowledge. Um, And and as part of that, people become more and more sort of interested and and just... um, I guess just want to know more. Yeah. So we wanted to sort of, um, that was one of our main inspirations to bring that rich sort of heritage that we are so lucky to have um, into mainstream society over here. So a lot of our listeners are people who are considering starting a business and maybe consider entering a partnership like you two have. What would you say are the benefits of starting a business together versus starting it on your own? Oh gosh, there's so many actually. I don't think I would have been able to do this on my own. I guess we both have our individual strengths and weaknesses. And because we're working towards a common aim, a common goal, it's quite nice and synced so we know each other's other commitments as well so we sort of pick up when the other one can't sort of quite be there and so it's quite nice to just have another shoulder to lean on actually isn't it bouncing ideas off one another sort of summer is our chief formulator so she actually formulates all of our products in-house 
and actually handcrafts them as well in our studio. So that's sort of her domain. And I sort of take charge of more the web, the marketing and the other aspects of it. But then we sort of merge as well. I'll dip in and help you make and you come in and help on the whole. Definitely. I think... I think in terms of businesses wanting to start up together as partnerships, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it because I think you have to know if your fellow partner is somebody who you can work with. That's obviously a very important thing. But that has been learning as we've gone along. It's been a lot of, I mean, we were, I was particularly reluctant actually to go into a partnership just because I'd, I've not had very good examples, which I'd come across, but when working together, it's like, Robbie said, I think our lives sort of run in parallel and that really helps a lot. In terms of personalities, we're quite different, but I think we come together with the common aim and the common goal of delivering relatable brand. You mentioned there how you both have your own things that, that you have the duty to do before you sort of merge together to come together and brainstorm stuff. How important do you think it is when you are in a business that you both know each other's strengths and weaknesses so you can then decide those roles? We didn't necessarily know what those weaknesses or strengths were when we started our business. What we did definitely know was is that we loved the product and, of course, you know, what we were aiming for was really, really important to us both. In terms of strengths and weaknesses, we've learned a lot as we've gone along (laughs) Obviously, you must have had an interest in skincare and the effects of natural beauty products in skincare. When did you realise you had a passion to the degree that you wanted to turn that into a business? So I had been working in property management for nearly 10 years. And from property management, I decided to start making soaps, as you do or don't. So I sort of dabbled in sort of soap making and it became a bit of a hobby, sort of like a side hustle type thing. And, and Rabia tried one of the products one day and she said we've got to turn this into a business I said what are you talking about don't be so absurd she said we have to do this and it took a lot of convincing and it took a lot of conversations back and forth but I think she did convince me it was I was absolutely blown away actually because at the time I was suffering from dermatitis and eczema it's particularly on my face and I'd come through to a sort of time in my life where I just couldn't put any products conventional products from the stores on my face and I was actually at the end of my tether and um, Summer sort of handed me a jar of body butter that she'd made and she said try this and I said no 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 you don't understand everything stings everything hurts I can't use anything and she sort of literally thrust it upon me saying you don't have a choice just try it and I remember really anxiously trying her pot of body butter and I think I was blown away thinking oh my god this is the first thing in about a year that hasn't stung aggravated and made me bleed Um, at which point I said you're on to something here you need to take this further Um, yeah and the rest is all sort of history I guess history as they say ongoing Obviously, you must have had an interest in skincare and the effects of natural beauty products in skincare. When did you realise you had a passion to the degree that you wanted to turn that into a business? Well, this one is actually all summer, actually. So I think I'm going to let you take that one. (laughs) So uh, so it's really funny because I, I had... I had been dabbling 
in soap making. It's completely different. So I had been working in property management for nearly 10 years. And from property management, I decided to start making soaps, as you do or don't. So I sort of dabbled in sort of soap making and it became a bit of a hobby, sort of like a side hustle type thing. And and Rabia tried one of the products one day and she said, we've got to turn this into a business. I said, what are you talking about? Don't be so absurd. She said, we have to do this. And it took a lot of convincing and it took a lot of conversations back and forth. But I think she did convince me. It was, I was absolutely blown away actually, because at the time I was suffering from dermatitis and eczema, it's particularly on my face. And I'd come through to a sort of time in my life where I just couldn't put any products, conventional products from the stores on my face. And I was actually at the end of my tether and um, Summer sort of handed me a jar of body butter that she'd made. And she said, try this. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Everything stings. Everything hurts. I can't use anything. And she sort of literally thrust it upon me, say, you don't have a choice. Just try it. And I remember really anxiously trying her pot of body butter and I think I was blown away thinking oh my god this is the first thing in about a year that hasn't stung aggravated and made me bleed Um, at which point I said you're on to something here you need to take this further um yeah and the rest is all sort of history I guess history as they say ongoing (laughs) (laughs) with your sort of old story of starting this business right back at the beginning would you say even from a young age, you were naturally wanting to start a business, naturally entrepreneurial, or did the passion for natural beauty products come first and then you decided, okay, I can turn this into something we we can have a business with? In terms of business, I'd never in my wildest dream ever thought I'd actually run a business, even though that's where my degree is. I did a degree in management sciences, but it was never an aim or an aspiration to sort of run and start a business in any way. The passion for natural beauty, I think both Summer and I have actually just grown up with that. We, I mean, I remember literally that's all we ever did. And that's probably so intrinsically part of our heritage. We never realized how much we'd actually been using natural products until we started talking about it and really delving. I mean, things like my grandma making hair masks for my hair, doing facials with my mom and grinding dried orange peels to make, you know, scrubs and, you know, using glycerin. I mean, it was all something I remember doing with my mom growing up. It was just something that we'd always done and used these beautiful ingredients. And we never actually really paid much attention to it growing up. And I think it's only after we started experiencing our own problems with skin when we were using mass-produced or synthetic products that we actually really appreciated that aspect of natural beauty. And there was a, I mean, there was a big, like I mentioned, there was a big gap in the market at that point in time. And I think that also sort of spurred our decision to really kind of just have a go at this. You know, there is obviously something there. It's worked for us. There's lots of other people who are in similar situations with sort of skin ailments. And and I think it was also the kids, wasn't it? The kids, sort of their skins were beginning to show dry patches here and there and little kind of um, problem areas. So we thought, you know what, let's just give it a go. That sounds amazing. So when you started your business, did you go in with a particular target market in mind? Were there people you were aiming to reach or was it kind of organic? that you just really wanted to share these products you were passionate about? I think our target market, which is everybody, 
<laughs> we, <laughs> we sort of went in there because we were using our products on ourselves, our children, our husbands were using them, our parents. You know, yeah. we just said, oh, this is literally for everyone. Everyone can use them. So we sort of went out there just wanting to shout about Serpent Skin and the products and its benefits. But I think as the years have gone by and we've really fine-tuned it, I guess with branding and with, obviously, you really need to think about that quite carefully, don't you, when you want to market that? And it's just, um, at the time, we were just so excited. It was just like, yeah, we want everyone to have it. We want everyone to try this. But um, yeah, over the years. I think it was, yeah, it was, it was just the, the benefits of the product that also spurred the ambition, I think. You know, it's worked for us, so it'll work for any everybody type thing. But I think it was also a, a slight bit of naivety on our part, obviously. You know, do do the research into your target market. But of course, it, it's not until you start selling a good sort of couple of years down the line that you'll actually be able to establish what your sort of target market is, because it's really those sales that you generate that are going to indicate. You mentioned branding there. How did you find your niche? How did you make your brand different to other similar products such as yours? We had a real overhaul with branding a couple of years ago, whereby if you can, I don't know if you're able to find in archives or our old branding, but this is now, it's changed quite significantly. I guess at the time when we first launched, finances are always a huge constraint. And obviously you have to work with what, finances are available and it's in an ideal world it's not always what you want but when we rebranded or should I say refreshed the brand we really sort of fine-tuned it and tweaked our ethos so that it was a lot clearer to the target market or to our consumers so we sort of wanted to make it very distinct and clear that the brand is natural obviously but that it's drawing inspiration from our dual identity and that was something very important to us that we wanted to talk about our dual identity so yes we have an eclectic heritage but we have also taken inspiration from our British identity as well and so the branding is actually quite distinct we have a heritage range and an Isles range whereby ingredients inspired by the British Isles I guess that's the best way to put it and the heritage is more ingredients inspired by and rituals inspired by the Silk Roads and I think it was all about sustainability so going for infinitely recyclable glass bottles and jars making that conscious decision to use packaging which is manufactured in the UK as opposed to abroad so trying to really uh, limit our carbon footprint as much as we could little small little things like that and also Uh there's some quite nice tweaks and the websites Mm -hmm. and things like that in terms of sharing our story and our ethos. As the journey progressed I think the niche almost became responsive as well to our market so I guess when we started you know sustainability and all of that wasn't really on the as much on the horizon as it then became and I think sustainability for us was almost sort of a natural progression because actually our inspiration where it comes from is very much a sustainable sort of a concept Um, I won't go into that now but you know you can find all of that information on the web page and what happened and that's how I think our niche was identified as well because the inspiration from 
how things were done back home where people were very frugal and very clever in the way they used beauty products because obviously they didn't have the time, the funds, the resources to basically splurge on hundreds of products for your skin and hair and everything. So it was all about multitasking beauty. And that's one of our niches that we've really tried to advocate because we feel it's great for the environment it's great for people's purse strings but it's also actually so much it makes so much sense so you can have one product and use it in a myriad of ways it's just about how you customize and tweak and use it I wanted to ask you about at the moment with the pandemic forcing us all to stay inside and especially during the winter months gone by, feeling good about yourself and feeling good about your appearance. I can speak from my own experience, seems like more of a challenge than it has in a while. And you can see how your your appearance gets affected by this. And I can imagine that a product such as yours has been a massive help with your customers' self-esteem. I think we would like to think so, definitely. It doesn't just come down to products. And I think it was actually a it was actually a really it really take some positives of business owners out of COVID. Um, I, I was listening to some statistics actually and it was saying they were saying that last year was one of the most successful years for business startup, which is really, really promising. It means, you know, people are really kind of plugging. And I think in terms of coming back to your question, it forced us to think outside the box. So it wasn't just about selling products. It, you know, we branched out into podcasts, we produced a lot more videos, we just try to interact a lot more with our audience. And I think for us, that was really important because our audience got to know us better. And there's no better way of kind of, um, I think, making your business more successful than actually connecting with your audience face to face because you're automatically building a trust so we so so i think i would yeah we definitely like to think that the business helped with self-esteem but i think it wasn't just through products i think it was definitely through reaching out in different ways that's really really interesting to hear and i think a lot of businesses have had to adapt and it's been really interesting from a business point of view to see how places have adapted um changing the subject ever so slightly away from covid something you said is important to soap and skin is the celebration of your multicultural society and your multicultural heritage how exactly have you managed to embed that into your product and into building your brand's image i think that the, lots of different ways actually from the formulations the philosophy i think and everything in between we've taken lots of different aspects the beauty rituals the recipes the sort of thinking behind the brand the sustainability the frugality the customization like Rabia touched on the multi-use and some of the key ways we've sort of touched and made it quite apparent when you have the product physical product in front of you the tangible is obviously we've got the maps of the world around the packaging sort of highlighting the silk roads and if you open up the lids we've taken inspiration from um, beautiful poets so we thought we'd take inspiration from Virginia Woolf and also then from people like Rumi and Ibn Arabiya who are obviously more from our heritage so we've got lovely quotes inside the boxes and inside the packaging and on our social media 
with inspired, obviously, from those beautiful poets as well. I think I could speak for a lot of people who think about starting a business when one of the things that always holds you back is the thought that there is already so many businesses out there offering the service that I want to do. So, and you're worried about standing out amongst them and if you'll be successful or not. So, but what is it you did to make soap and skin stand out in sort of beauty sector? It was capturing our heritage the way that we have. There are no other products that we saw in in our, in the sort of indie beauty sphere um, that had captured heritage the way we had been lucky enough to have been able to capture it in our products and our brand. And have actually captured it from having first-hand experience and growing up around it and then obviously giving it a bit of a British reboot or a British twist to it so it's a bit more appealing to the UK market Um, and I think it's also just been about really shouting about the benefits of what the products have I think trying to stand out it's always I mean the beauty market generally is really really saturated there's so many businesses and brands out there but there are plenty of consumers out there there's enough for everyone (laughs) and not all products are going to suit you know you have to everyone's going to have their own different favorite you know have their favorite brands and all the rest of it it's just about really trying to do the research and making sure you find a gap like Summer has touched on, a gap in the market that's not been addressed and then trying to find a way to really shout about how your product or your brand is filling that that gap. Definitely. I think you've definitely touched on a few different gaps that you've reached in the market between the multicultural heritage and the sustainability. Um, and on that sustainability um idea why is sustainability so important to you and um how is it an integral part of your business model i think it's just future proofing your business um i think it is so important we've all we've got to we've got to have a more responsible mindset because we have we have grown up through um actually witnessing companies that have not been responsible that have created so much havoc um, in the world around us. And I think being in a generation where we're exposed to so much, we know so much, it would just be, it would be insane to not think about sustainability when you build a brand or a business. And it's also about looking at your social responsibility as well, because obviously we deal with a lot of natural ingredients. So it's about looking at the responsibility. And I mean, we're a very small brand, so we probably couldn't have as much impact as say a larger, more established brand could. But we do strive to make sure that, you know, the ingredients we source are sourced ethically and sustainably because that is a responsibility. We're sitting here in the West and, you know, in lovely cushy houses and all the rest of it. Whereas you have women out on the fields laboring to make argan oil or shea butter or, um, you know, and so it is a responsibility on us here, especially in the West, to try and go through whatever measures we can to at least have that peace of mind in knowing that you've not, what's the word, that you've not um, 
sort of taken advantage of any sort of community in trying to get the best ingredient at a really cheap price. And they've for, sort of foregone, foregone a whole lot of pay in the process or what's deservedly theirs because it's an ecosystem we're all sort of reliant upon one another and I think that's quite important to us as well isn't it empowering women back home yeah so that they absolutely. get fair pay and and, we've been and we are we are blessed enough to be able to make those choices a lot of those people aren't yeah. so we need to be we need to be responsible and we need to exercise that responsibility carefully definitely when I was uh, looking up soap and skin but before this podcast I was, I was doing my research I just found that the whole vibe of your business encourages feeling happy about yourself and who you are and I was just wondering how do you encourage that kind of mindset day to day throughout your entire team <laughs> <laughs> It's um, it, it can be a challenge sometimes, can't it? It's, I mean, oh, we God. we are a very very small brand at the moment, and and you know what, predominantly it's Rabia and I um, working on a lot of sort of things. Um, we we do kind of outsource here and there, um, but I think a lot of it comes down to communication. And I think going back to the question about partnerships, it's knowing that you can work with a person. Um, and also, I mean, you have to make it fun. You have to. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. I think um, one day uh, we had my my son, he was, uh, he had like an inset day and it was a making day, wasn't it? So we were in this yes. making and packaging. So I was like, right, you've got an inset day, bring your laptop, you can do your homework and come down to the studio with me. And I don't think he got much work done. And he just kind of, I remember driving home and he said, mom, oh my gosh, you have the best job. You and you guys just laugh and giggle and you're, it's so much fun. And I want a job like that. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I think it's just about knowing how to take it easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are serious aspects of it as well. But I think we've known each other for so long. That's the other thing. We kind of, <laughs> you know, we, we're on the same wavelength to a certain extent. Yeah. And we do have obviously very different personalities, but it's just about knowing yeah. that there are greater, more important things in life. Yes, Definitely. the running the business is a yeah. priority, but we both appreciate that there are far more important things in life yeah. and we're not going to get bogged down. And there's know. so much to talk about as well. Even so, so for example, our, you know, our social media content days, I mean, we, we schedule an hour. I mean, we could go into two, two and a half hours, but you know, that, and that's just the nature of the relationship, I guess, because there are so many topics and so issues to talk about, there's so many different sort of aspects aspect you can bring in and and it's yeah it's just so much fun and yeah just having somebody who you can bounce off like that is it's the best it is and it's actually really reassuring actually knowing that if I can't do something I know someone will be there to have my back and vice versa so it's kind of it works it works well (laughs) Or on the odd day, we'll miss the ball completely, but it's okay. We'll pick yeah, up It's tomorrow. okay. And it's like, no worries. It's fine. We'll just carry on. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a wonderful mindset. I love hearing that. Um, and it's so nice to hear you talk about each other that way and still maintain that friendship. I think that's so important and so lovely. Um, but obviously every business experiences obstacles and I just wondered if you could talk us through what your most significant obstacles have been. How did you overcome them and what have you learned from that experience? 
Money, money, <laughs> money. money. <laughs> and actually just <laughs> underestimating how much oh. money is involved. Finally, um, what would be both of your top pieces of advice for someone wanting to start a business in the beauty industry? I'm going to say it. It is not easy. Um, But I think be passionate, do your research and then go for it, because there is where there's I know it's a cliche, but literally where there is a will, there is a way. Um, and there's so much skin around <laughs> there's a lot of skin around globally yes. Yes. <laughs> there's enough skin to go around for everyone absolutely um there is and you you know if you if you find a product and you know what you've got you've got you know you've got complete trust and conviction in what you are offering then yeah i, I don't see why you can't succeed Oh, and I would say trademark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but that's, yeah, that's a story. I would itself. say if you have a name, trademark it before you launch. <laughs> that would be my thing. Just trademark. <laughs> that's definitely a key piece of advice. I bet definitely. that can be ap- applicable to anything, especially no. outside of beauty as well. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for both for your time today. I'm sure our listeners would love to know more about where they can get in touch and where they can buy your products. I know I'm definitely going to be after this. Um, so where can people find you online? Uh, we have a website, so you can find us on www.soapandskin.com. So that's S-O-A-P-N-S-K-I-N.com. Our Instagram handle is the same, Soap and Skin, and we're on Twitter as well. Thank Brilliant. you very much for having us. That's okay. Um, Thank you. It's been lovely to meet you and learn more about your um, business. <laughs> We've had Brilliant. good fun actually chatting with you guys. So yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now and we'll see you next week.